Thank you, brother. Just, just before I get into it, I, whilst we were taking up tithes, I had the, uh, this word, which if you're not a Christian, you're going to go, yeah, you see, that's how they get their money. I, I, felt like, I felt like God saw someone who gave for the first time. And uh, if that was you, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted you to know, I saw. And uh, okay, that's the end of the weird. It is good to be with you today. Um, I, uh, I was, I'm going to talk about community, but I, I was thinking about this. You know when the looting took place? Um, I was in the Eastern Cape. It was, it was a fascinating time because uh, I realized that Durban isn't actually a city in South Africa when you're in the Cape. The Cape don't know that there's a Durban. In fact, I, I had like, I was walking around, there are lots of Cape Tonians, and, and they just kind of talk, about, talk to you and you say you're from Durban, and they're like, oh, I heard something was going on there, not so good. Like, the wo- our whole world's getting looted, but they're just, they're unaware. It was the first learning I had. The, the other learning that I had was, whilst I was down there, I was stressing, I was trying to get back. In fact, I was staying in a house here, and my mate, Steve Wimble, uh, he was staying in a house over there, and we both lead churches. He leads City Hill. And I was trying to get back, and he was trying to get back, and we couldn't get back. So eventually, we just said, okay, we must make the most of this holiday. It was the worst holiday. But anyway, we must make the most of this holiday. But when I got back, what I was expecting was just everybody to be in trauma. That's what I was expecting. Now, I'm not trying to lighten how much there was trauma and how much pain people were in. But, but I want to hone in on this one thing, because the thing that blew me away was that those people who'd engaged in defending their areas and protecting, I saw more hiss in them than I'd seen in the last 18 months because they'd met their neighbor and they'd shared their food and they'd got involved. They were more excited about South Africa than they had been the whole way through COVID. Now, obviously, they lost that a week later because of politics, but in that moment, there was just this massive excitement. And I was was kind of thinking about, how that happened, because it's weird, and, uh, and I was thinking about what happened, and I realized what happened is that for a moment, just a moment, we lived with purpose, we got to meet our neighbors, and we lived in connection. Almost the things that God said we should do from the beginning. In fact, there's one guy in my, in my life group, his name's Sandesh, he, he owns Roti and Chai. You should eat there. It is good. And, uh, and so he, says, he said to me, he said, Ross, you know, all my food was going to get raided in my shop. So I brought it back and I just kind of gave it away in the community. And, uh, and he said, and since that day, people have been giving me stuff. It just, it, they just keep on giving me stuff. And, uh, and he said to me, he said, and people have been giving me lots and lots of wine. So here's a bottle. Obviously, I'm a pastor, so it's only for communion. But... Uh, <laughs> The gift that just keeps giving. We got to the essence, in some ways, of what we're made for. Now, let me, let me show you a picture. This is a... Uh, the picture's coming. This is a picture of the 12 tribes of Israel. I know it's a profound picture, but uh, in the center is the temple. And... The, the way Israel was designed is that there would be three tribes that side, three this side, three this side, three this side. And what would happen is that they would shout blessings over one another. So these three tribes would shout over those three tribes. And those three tribes would shout blessings over these three tri- tribes. And it was designed the way we were meant to live. God at the center with community organized to bless one another. 
This is how we're meant to live. In fact, I was doing a wedding yesterday, and it was a beautiful wedding. I mean, half my old youth group were there. They're very naughty, and I have to lead them all back to the Lord, but... But there was a sense, you know, when you, sometimes you officiate a wedding and people watch a wedding. And sometimes you officiate a wedding and people are throwing their hearts at the couple getting married. It was, it was a sense of God at the center and people blessing one another. Now, the way Israel's organized is that is the kingdom of Israel. The tribes are set up in a structure. In our language, this is a tribe. What happens on Sunday is Olive Tree Church tribe. But then the tribe is organized into families. Those are your people. You need people. It's great that you come to the tribe. That's good. We love you at the tribe. In fact, invite friends next week to the tribe. But you need people. You see, Jesus lived this out. God at the center, 12 disciples around, his people. Then he would go out and minister to the kingdom, to those around, the 5,000, the 120, he would, he would go and minister, but then he'd always go back to his people. It's how life was meant to happen. And today, I want to get you to find your people, because God has a people for you. And to kind of kick it off and, and have some fun, um, Terence oversees our Morningside community. Tim oversees our Durban North communities, and, and we have... Brent is not here. He oversees our wasteful spaces. And these guys are starting to oversee our dodgy south communities. They're going to be doing that over the next little while. So, so we've organized people to look after people, to connect you in. But Terence is doing such a good job across Morningside. So why don't you give him a hand as he comes up with a couple of guys in Life Group. Come shotgun. I just want to say Great. Shotgun is single. Shotgun is single. He is the most <laughs> handsome of the lot here. Uh, me too. <laughs> Sold down the river. <laughs> Guys, this morning is such a celebration for me because this is what I live for, is community. And uh, what I've learned and modeled over the past couple of months is that just model Jesus. Jesus spent time with the Father daily. He spent time with his disciples regularly, and he spent time with the crowds. We as a community get quite times so waxed, and we get the Sunday morning so waxed, but we battle with the discipleship. And this morning we're here just to encourage you, if you're not in a life group, if you're in a life group, give me a big shout out there. <laughs> Woo, here we go. <laughs> Leanne, so great to have you this morning, and would you just tell us... Um, what made you plug into a life group? Um, my son and I moved up from Port Shepson about two years ago. And um, joining Olive Tree, what a better way to actually meet people, the people that you see at church all the time and never know who they are, um, and to join a life group. Uh, we all want the sense of belonging. We have a sense of belonging in Christ, but more so a sense of belonging within the church community. And that's what was my reason. Uh, also, because I like to be an active Christian and not just a passive Christian. Okay. Awesome. Great stuff. Non? Um, for me, uh, being fairly new on my Christmas, Christian journey, um, the big thing for me was when, when God touched my heart 
as much as that was life-changing and was massive, it was also quite scary. Um, and so for me, I needed to find a space where I could unpack that or have a comfortable platform where that could be unpacked so that I can have an understanding what life as a Christian is going to look like going forward. So for me, that has been massive, being part of a life group. And also in, in a time of where we're sitting in, where with COVID, excuse me, I'm very nervous. <laughs> with COVID, it's allowed us to plug into to a space where traditional church has been taken away from us. So it just continues that community space. So that's been, that's been massive for me. Awesome. And are you guys adjusted to with this different forms of level of lockdowns? You know, from one to two to three to five, four, five to four, and all this. And it was in person and on Zoom, in person. How are you guys adjusted to that? Lee? Um, well, the whole Zoom is, I think, is fantastic. I'm a person, person, person. But um, <laughs> when everything went down in quarantine and, well, isolation, you could still continue with your walk with Jesus, you know, in your cell groups. That's one thing, because can't quarantine God. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's also allowed us, we've got a member in our group from Pretoria, and it just shows you how oh, we could be endless. We can stretch across borders. So that's great. And that's, yeah, it's been awesome. good. There's been, without, without Life Group, there's been a, 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 an immense progression where we, we initially started off with, with a Zoom, and because we're quite, it's quite, an, it, it's quite intimate, we've, we've grown to wanting to be around each other. So that has developed quite nicely. Um, and for, 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 for me, it's, it's at, at what keeps me coming back to church because Life Group keeps me plugged in on my walk and my journey. Awesome. Thanks. I think, I think for me it was so important to be able to work with this, with this group of guys is that it just shows us what happens in community. We celebrated some beautiful uh, picnics uh, on a Sunday, and, and just to get the rhythm, guys. We have to find the rhythm to be able to plug into community. So thank you so much uh, for being with us. Just a quick announcement. On Mondays, there's a ladies' group. There's Tuesday mornings, a ladies' group. Wednesday morning, there's a men's group. Tuesday night is live groups, both in person and on Zoom. You've got no reason not to get plugged in. You can have your dinner while you're having a conversation. If you can speak in tongues <laughs> while you're having a dinner. But plug in to live groups. It's so exciting. It'll build you. It'll stretch you. It's in communities like these that your gifts are released. That's what's happened to me in a life group. You find, you find your journey and your path. Some of you are trying to find your, your gift. You'll find it in your life group because these guys will release it in you. Great morning. Thank you so much, Ross. They're very cool. If you'd, uh, I've, I've got to watch a little bit of Shotgun's journey. <laughs> and it is beautiful. And uh, when I see what comes out of you, Christ has been formed in you. And I celebrate it. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Philemon. I know everyone says Philemon. I called him Philly this morning, but his name is Philemon. And uh, there's, there's only one chapter. It's a really long book. You can, you can say today, by the end of today, I have read one book of the Bible. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in to the story. It starts like this. It says, I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon. 
because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, and I keep praying that this faith we hold in common keeps showing up in the good things we do and that people recognize Christ in all of it. I was saying to him, I recognize Christ in it. Then he says, your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Now, I don't know about you, but when, when a person starts off an email or a conversation with too many nice things in Durban, I start worrying. I don't know if this is how, how you work. In fact, one of my friends said to me, he said, Ross, we've been mates for 20 years. I don't think you've said anything nice to me in the last 20 years, which makes me know that you really love me. Uh, it's just the Durban way. We just insult each other in love. Uh, it's, it's kind of the vibe. Now, Paul starts off really encouraging because he's got something to say next. But I want to kind of give you a picture of this book because it's a really simple book. We have three characters. We've got Paul, who is writing from jail. We have Onesimus, who we're going to meet in a moment. He's a slave who has run away from his master, Philemon. And this letter is to bring reconciliation into the relationship. And so Paul starts it off by telling us what a good Philemon is and how much he loves him. And then he starts getting into the slave bit. Now, before you judge Philemon for having slaves, know this, in the Roman Empire, one in three people were slaves. So if you got yourself into debt, you didn't owe Absa, you owed your master. You would become a slave. That's how it worked. You could be set free from slavery, but slavery was anything, it wasn't all nasty. There was a lot that was nasty, but it was anything from, on the worst hand, a sex slave, and on the best part, slaves were sometimes just part of the family. For whatever reason, Philemon has stolen, I mean, Onesimus has stolen from Philemon and he's bolted. So, Paul writes this. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, Philemon, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. Now, what's really interesting is each of these three guys is part liberated, part incarcerated. They're part free, part held back, enslaved. So Paul's in prison, but he's free on the inside. He says, I have found contentment in all things whilst he's writing from jail. He's, he's happy in jail. Onesimus is a runaway slave, which means he has a death sentence on his head. If you're a runaway slave in the Roman Empire, and you get caught, and they find out that you're a runaway slave, anywhere in the Roman Empire, you are killed. End of story. That's how they dealt with slaves. He is, on the outside, got this thing hanging over his neck. On the inside, he's just found Jesus, and he's found the love of a mentor, and he is starting to grow, and he is free. Philemon is happy, but he's about to get this letter, and this letter is a trap. That's what's going on in the text. Now, Onesimus 
the, the name actually means useful. Don't call your kids Onesimus. It's, it's awkward. Onesimus is useful, but Paul plays on words because he's been useless. He has stolen from his master, and then he's ghosted his master. So for those who are a little bit older than me, ghosting is when uh, you have a, a potential date or someone you've been dating, and they go radio silence on you. And though you SMS them, WhatsApp them, Telegram them, Facebook Messenger them, Instagram Messenger them, try to get them on LinkedIn, send them an email, and phone them, probably in that order, they don't reply. That's called ghosting. And if that is you, we have counselors, I'm sorry, you have been rejected to the nth degree, and it is very hard. And, uh, <laughs> and some of you are wondering, do people actually do that? Yes. In fact, I watch you in the coffee area. You used to date, but now you walk like this. Yes, I've seen you guys to each other. You know, we, we hear about this uh, runaway slave, and we go, well, that doesn't apply to me. I want to say there are more slaves today than there have ever been, both in real slavery, the 26 million slaves, sex slaves, working in sweatshops, there are a lot of slaves there, but there are more slaves in this room than you could imagine. You see, a slave is someone who is enslaved. They, they belong to something. Something has control over them. And uh, when we are enslaved, often what we do is try and run. Now, we don't run to other cities like he did. We run to five hours of Netflix and social media. We're sophisticated in our running. We run to our phones and we flip through and we spend hours and hours and hours numbing the pain that we're running from. And the greater the pain, the more hectic the numbing needs to be. And so we turn from social media to porn and we turn from checking out what's happening on Facebook to substances, and we're numbing. What we're doing is we're running. And never has the world had so many people running from the pain they're in. But the problem is, if you run from the pain you're in, you always find you become useless in the kingdom. And Paul knows this. So Paul looks at Onesimus, who is running, and he goes, I'm going to help you get unstuck and the way I'm going to do it is first I'm going to lead you to Jesus, and then I'm going to bring you into family. Leading to Jesus will give you the power to get unstuck, but spiritual family will give you the witness to keep unstuck. Now, in this room, there are many, many Onesimuses. And I, I kind of want to dive into you for a little while because, because you'll get set free by Christ, but you will walk out that freedom with people. In fact, God didn't design you to just do a relationship with Jesus, he, because Jesus will only give you so much grace individually. Jesus wants to give you grace individually, but he also wants to give you grace through Sam. Jesus, there is stuff that God will withhold from you until you can get it through others. 
Because God's family matter so much. So Paul knows this. So what Paul does, because he wants Onesimus to be free, is he writes this letter to Philemon, his slave owner, but he doesn't just write the letter, he also sends Onesimus. You see, if he'd just written the letter with someone else, Philemon might have written a letter back going, yeah, you're right, Paul, he's free. Go, you're free. But Paul knows that though he would have been free on the outside, he would not be free indeed on the inside. And so Paul sends Onesimus as well. And the text goes like this. He says, I'm sending him who is my very heart. Just think about those words for a moment. Onesimus has run from Philemon. Somehow he's run straight to Paul, got saved, And now Paul's talking about him as my very heart. He loves this young man. He says, I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me whilst I'm in chains for the gospel. Because chains for the gospel meant then when you were in prison, you're in a house. You would have chains on you, but someone else would need to feed you because there ain't no state feeding you nothing back then. So he's saying, I needed you to do this, but don't worry, because Onesimus has been doing this for me. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me. But even dearer to you, now he's writing in faith, because right now, anyone, anyone been robbed? Sorry, anyone not been robbed? <laughs> Does anyone never had anything stolen from you? Because I just wanted to welcome you to South Africa and say it is so nice to have you. Uh, welcome from overseas. Okay. You know when something's stolen from you? It's, it's not so much... Well, sometimes it is, but it's not so much the thing. It's that you feel violated. You feel like someone came into your soul and stole something from your soul. Like you feel like, like your privacy got taken. Philemon is raging because he's been violated by the slave. And part of him is probably thinking, I hope the Romans grab this oak. Then he gets this letter, the poor oak. He says, I pray that you, perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. Philemon's going, dear brother, I'm going to smack this dear brother. Then he goes on, he is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. See, I love this. What's happening here is the gospel Paul lives in is a gospel of Jesus was ripped apart on a cross whilst I was useless. Whilst I was Onesimus. He was ripped apart on a cross so that 
I could be brought back to the Father. That's the gospel he lives in. And so the gospel he lives out is, if this man is disconnected from you, I'll pay. I'll pay whatever's wrong. You see, if you live in the gospel, you have, it will, it'll just work out of you. And it's working out of Paul. And so now Paul is giving Onesimus the tools, a letter, to get himself free indeed. Philemon, the poor guy, is trapped. He, there's nothing he can do. Because you probably find that this letter was read out in public. So the poor guy. He's sitting there, and Paul goes, your slave became my son, but you also are my son. And if you are my son, and he's my son, then you're brothers. And if you're brothers, he can't be your slave. Onesimus is reading this, and I think his blood pressure is rising. And then somewhere along the line, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and he goes, you're right. Now, history tells us that Onesimus, the slave, gets accepted by Philemon and goes on to take over the church in Ephesus and become the bishop of Ephesus. And Philemon, who accepts Onesimus back, goes on to lead the church in Colossae and become the bishop in Colossae. But that's not where the story ends. I've got a little picture of this little trinket thing. Okay, that says, am I not a man and a brother? That was in 1850. From about 1420 to 1850, 12 million Africans were enslaved. 12 million. And in the 1800s, there started to become some pushback until a guy by the name of William Wilberforce, you may have read his book or seen the Amazing Grace story, he got up and he began to fight slavery. And he fought it and got shot down, and he fought it and got shot down, and he fought it and got shot down. And one day, this little trinket, I don't know what you call this thing, but this thing went viral. Ladies started buying it all over the show. The hippies of the 1800s started grabbing this thing. And they started to wear it. It comes from Philippians verse 16, where it says, receive him not as a slave, but as a brother, as a man. And so it says, am I not a man and a brother? The result of this story is that this thing went viral, and when William Wilberforce got up to fight slavery, there was such a surge of public opinion that it pushed it over the edge. The tipping point put, got broken, and slavery was abolished. Imagine Philemon had said, Nought, I'm not forgiving him. Or imagine if Paul had said, Oh man, don't worry about, don't worry about Philemon. We'll just keep you here with us. Or imagine Onesimus had, went, had gone, man, I am not going to face that guy. He could kill me. Now let me make this personal. There are many Onesimuses here. There are many, many people who are isolated 
you're in pain, there's addictions, you're numbing yourself with social media and Netflix, you're, you're living, forgive me, but uselessly in the kingdom. And you know it because your soul is dying. And for some of you, you're, you're in addiction. You know what you need? You need a Paul. You need a pastor, you need a counselor, you need a friend who has the tools to not just lead you to Jesus, but to help you get back into spiritual family. And you need a Philemon. Now, some of you here are Pauls. God is going to use you to take Onesimus's and turn them into bishops to take what is useless and turn them into what is highly effective. Some of you are Pauls. And I think the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you by the end of today and say, Paul, you need to go fetch that Onesimus. And some of you are Philemon's. You have a home and you have, you have resources, you have the ability, and there are a whole bunch of Onesimus's and Pauls who need your home. You need the community. Now, here's what's so critical. Pete, let me just, you're looking gorgeous on those shorts. Why don't you just come up here? Estelle, can I pull you up as well? Ma'am, you can come around. <laughs> pretend he's Philemon. This is impossible, but pretend she's Onesimus. When um, I can tell her, Jesus forgives you of your sins, and Jesus loves you, and she may believe that, but she won't really believe that until the person she's hurt forgives her and calls her wife in this case, but sister. <laughs> you see, when, when that happens... People believe the gospel. I find most people struggle to believe what Jesus has done for them because they haven't found the family who act like Jesus has done it for them. And so they try to do this thing in isolation and the result is their souls remain fairly withered. You were made for family. You were made not just to have a tribe, but to have a family. You were made to come to Philemon's. And Philemon's, I, wanna, I want you to know, because there are many people here who God's going to call to be Philemon's. You're called to lead life groups. You're called to host people. You're called to bring people into your homes. Here's what I want to promise you. It will cost you dearly. Just be excited about it. It's going to cost you. <laughs> if you're like a five emotionally out of ten, Onesimus is a minus five. She will suck you dry. <laughs> and if you will pour yourself out for her, God will refill you. And you'll find you become a six. And if you will give yourself out, you'll find, you'll find this restoration of the Holy Spirit begins to happen because you weren't meant to be a dam. You were supposed to be a river. And you're trying to numb yourself away with social media and stuff. You need to pour yourself out with the gospel. 
And what you will begin to find is that God restores your soul and he restores their soul and useless becomes effective. Amen. 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 Now, here's what we're going to do. Thank you. Here's what we're going to do, all three of you. We're going to pray. And, um, and some of you today are on nursimbuses. And the Holy Spirit might be just touching your heart. You see, you can be in a life group. You can still be onesimus. Onesimus doesn't mean you don't have community. It means you're not connected to community because you're hiding stuff. You're still running. And if you're an onesimus, in or out of community, your prayer today is, Lord, give me a Paul. Send me a Paul. God, I need someone who has the skills and who has the love, and who has the something to pop me out of the mess I've got myself into. I need a Paul. Friends, there are seasons in my life where I have prayed, Father, give me an earthly father. Give me a Paul to lead me through this. Right now, God sent me a lady. She, she is so good with my soul. She just unpacks things. She's a Paul to me. So I can be a Paul to others. If you're an onesimus right now, you want to go, Holy Spirit, send me a Paul. Some of you, God is going to speak to you. He's going to go, you're a Philemon. It's time for you to start a life group. It's time for you to start an alpha, to, to do something. It is time for you to step up. You have sat for way too long. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to some of you. And he's going to say, it's time. And then you need to say, God, show me. Onesimus, send me Onesimus. And for some of you, God's going to say, you're a Paul. And if he says you're a Paul in this context, it's going to mean that there are people who need you to unlock their lives. You need to be safe, you need to be caring, and you need to be filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and you need to keep it as confidential as possible so that people can get set free. You may need to go on our counseling courses. You may need to get some pastoral training. We'll, we'll give it to you. But whatever you do, take a step into your design. Get into family. So we're going to bow our heads. And if we can close our eyes, this is the moment where you just go, Holy Spirit, what do I need? Who am I? What do you want to say to me? Now for some of you, you're going like, yo, before I take that step, I just need the Jesus step. You can look up for a moment. My, my mom's sitting over here. But uh, I was a only child until nine. Then my mom got married. And uh, she went away on honeymoon, which was incredibly selfish of her when she got married. <laughs> it was the first time I'd been separated from my mom. And I remember it was, I cried a lot. And 
on the final day, I was staying with my aunt. She, she took me to Johannesburg International Airport all those years back. And it was full. It was just queues and queues and queues. It was just mayhem. And uh, I was weeping at the back because I could see my parents over there and my new dad, but I couldn't get to him. And one Mursa big Afrikaansman <laughs> looked at me. He worked out what was going on. And he picked me up. He said, hey, Yella. <laughs> picked me up and he passed me to another Mursa big Afrikaansman. <laughs> he passed me to another person and put the, me at the foot of my new dad. Jesus is the one who comes to you whilst you're useless. And he grabs you from a place you can't get to the Father. And he says, let me lift you up and I will put you at your Father's feet. And healing will happen there. And there are some of you today who need to pray the prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life. And put me into a spiritual family and heal my heart. And if that's you right now, why don't you pray this prayer? Jesus I need you to take me and bring me to the Father. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to heal my soul and to fill me with the love of the Father. So you do what I can't so that I may be effective for you. Come into my life, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need to take a step after this service, we've got Pete Nistel, we've got Tim over here, we've got Terence over there, we've got a whole bunch of overseers. You can come, you can email us, but don't stay where you are. Step into spiritual family. May God bless you and may he fill you and may his grace be upon you. Have a fantastic Sunday.